general nerdery. One of the things I quote-unquote love about living in Montana is the wild variations in weather predictions we're getting. Because I was looking at, it is just the gossip mm-hmm. of our job today, of like what the way, because apparently it is going to be somewhere between negative 8 and negative 30, negative 40, sorry, Okay. later this week. Well, first off, that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. oh, you were the first person I thought of. You don't drive. Um, uh, I mean, the answer is probably negative 15 plus some wind chill, which, oh, so much better. But <laughs> That's going to suck. I'm just waiting because I'm going to, to Southern California in a couple of weeks for a week. And the people are going to be like, OK, guys, be careful. It gets cold there at night. It's going to be down to 40 degrees and I'll just be like <laughs> outside in my tidy whiteies. I don't even own tidy whiteies. I will buy them for this experience. Just being like, ah, go get yourself Baldrick's posing pouch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Welcome to general nerdery, your podcast about liking things uh, and giving you that just wonderful image. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And we're here to talk about, well, Batman. Batman. Except not that Batman. I don't know how to do the theme song for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I am the knight. Anyways, I was going to say before that, what have we been ingesting? But because we are recording this. This is going to be our last record before the new year. Yes. We decided we would do some top five lists. Also, we'll probably be back in like a month. Let's put that out front right now. Yeah, we might. We have to look at the schedule, but pretty much everyone in Earverm is taking a trip somewhere in January or late December. So schedules are going to be a little wibbly wobbly for a bit. But then we'll be back. Well, then Rest we'll be assured. back. No, we got a lot of cool stuff planned. I'm really looking forward to what we have discussed for this year. I just... I mean, essentially, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably be coming back basically with the new Byland crossover. All the Blade movies, baby! So that's going to be Morbius, fun. But there might be something in between there. Not sure yet. <laughs> but it's a like lot of math to, to yeah, have to do. <laughs> we did not plan this part out! But just sort of throwing that out there, because, yeah, we all got stuff coming up in the next month now that we don't have to deal with work stuff. Yeah, it turns out if you work in retail, the absolute best time to get a vacation is the week after New Year's when they're like, please don't make us pay you. It's like, okay. (laughs) Like, sounds great. Okay. We can do that. I can use my pal hours, right? Yep. Cool. Okay. I'll be making $20 an hour to hit people with foam sticks. Anyway, this is our last recording (laughs) of the year. So we very last second came up with some top five lists of stuff of the year. So we did, I know I did TV shows and some comic books. I don't know. I don't know if you did the same or... I was having a hard time splitting it up and thinking of all the different things. So instead of like a couple different top fives, I just came up with kind of an in general top 10. Top top 10 media of the year. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. Kind of an in general and um, spoiler for my list. Not everything on my list came out this year. Mm-hmm. A couple of them are I encountered them the first time myself this year. I kept myself to stuff that came out this year, but only because I read so many fucking comic books that I just, yeah, the list was getting overwhelming when I was trying to think through it. Yeah. I was just, I was trying to think of my tops for the year and I was mm-hmm. just like, this is a top. 
Even though it came out in the 70s. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I might know what you're reading. Um, okay, so why don't you go first? I am curious because I think I'm going to guess at least two of our things will overlap. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to say, well, at first I came up with a top five, and then the other five was supposed to originally be honorable mentions. Yeah, but and then I realized because... So also, are these in specific order or are just these like I was trying to decide if because I, I probably could order these. But I know for me, I don't have a specific order. I do have my favorite of each one, though. So I guess for me, there's no particular order other than five are the top and five are the bottom. Perfect. If okay. that makes I, sense. No, I get you. So my bottom five are uh, one of the ones that didn't come out this year, but I encountered for the first time this year. Uh, the movie Phantom of the Paradise, which we just covered a couple weeks ago on Fried Squirms. It is a rock opera horror comedy based on the Phantom of the Opera, Faust, and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Damn, son. Is this your 70s one? Did you say? No, this is. Well, I think. Uh, what year is that? Yes. Yeah, so this is 70s. This is 70s. That sounds amazing. So here's here's the amazing thing. There would have been a few weeks in, I think, 1974, where it would have been possible to go to a multiplex and playing all at the same time would have been Phantom of the Paradise, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and The Who's Tommy. Okay, so The Who's Tommy is largely impossible to parcel out as a logical thing, but... Um... If you wanted to drop some acid and just never quite come back, those sound like the three movies to watch, and I've only seen two of them. Yeah. Phantom of Paradise, amazing. I've actually been re-listening to the soundtrack quite a bit lately. Best part of musicals is... And they're not great, but they kind of are. It's hard to explain. No, I feel you. I feel you. And I kind of said this on Fried Square. (sighs) This could get me crucified. I don't actually like Rocky Horror. Oh, no, me me neither. I'm sorry. I said it. It's mostly the back half. And it's not because that's the back half is where it gets like super psychosexual. It's because I don't like any of the songs in the back half. Um, It falls under. I respect it as a piece of art, but it falls under like it's not really my scene. And people get so intense about it that it makes me like kick back against it a little bit. Uh, Phantom of the Paradise is kind of just like the Rocky Horror I can actually get into. Oh, nice. That actually is a huge sell. And it's not anything like Rocky Horror, but it's also the closest thing I can compare it to. It's got very much the same 70s rock opera energy. Can I tell a quick story about Mm -hmm. another reason I don't like Rocky Horror that much? I have bad associations that are not Rocky Horror's fault. In college, the first time I ever took psychedelics, I took mushrooms. And my uh, friends who were helping me out, mm-hmm. help it, they were actually terrible trip sitters, which is part of the problem. They went, okay, so if you get overloaded, and they told me this after I took the mushrooms. <laughs> Don't come to us. No. If you get overloaded, we'll just do the time warp. And like, it's the idea. And the idea was like, you know, we do the steps and we follow along and it's and just it interrupts whatever. To- thought process you had going at the time but guys i don't know the time warp 
I've never seen this movie. They had to explain to me it was something out of Rocky Horror. And they're like, no, it'll be fine. It was not <clears throat> fine. <laughs> it was me tripping nuts in a back alley of Missoula, Montana, and them trying to run me through and me desperately trying to keep up. And like, I'm sure that they were not going fast at all. But, but it was my first well, trip and it was not a good one. So I was just like, like step to the left. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so I automatically kind of associate that in ways that's super unfair to the movie. <laughs> uh, next, I'm going to go with Moon Knight. Jed McKay? No, uh, the, the series. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, I thought loved about it. it. Fucking loved it. Lived for, lived for it weekly when it was dropping. At the end of the at the end of the year, though, not not quite my top five. No, as I said, I both it and She Hulk got considered for my top five. I think at least one of them would have made it if I did a top ten like you did. Mm-hmm. But Vampire Survivors. You've mentioned that to me before. It's fucking incredible. Wait, Still that's that it. video game. That, yeah, that's okay. the one that you put on the music, and we were. I, like I put raving. on the yeah yeah yeahs uh, off with their he- or heads will roll mm-hmm. all fucking disco lights and your fucking TV that uh, has like backup lights that match whatever you're watching on the TV. It was, we could have just thrown a rave. Uh, I did have around the other night where I had so much particle effects and so many enemies on screen at the time, at a time it was making my series X frame rate stutter. This game looked very fun. I recommend it to people just based off watching it. If you have seizure dangers, Honestly, don't be even in the same house as this game. <laughs> um, I think they just dropped a DLC. <laughs> it's only been, like, officially out for, like, two months. It's technically been, like, released for a long time. They were doing, like, open betas yeah, and, like, and pre-release also, versions and shit. But. Like, okay, I'm not going to say it's not an insanely complicated game, but it's very simple graphics, which is going to help the DLC levels. So I might have to try that out soon, but I got other shit going on. Anyway, Vampire Survivors, though, like, it's it's a blast. The best game that I can think of that you can play with one hand. <laughs> Which sounds dirty every time you say it, but legitimately, you only need to move your character around and oh select boy. menus. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Phil Tippett's Mad God is a fucking masterpiece. It is a uh, stop-motion horror film that technically took like 20 years to complete, though it was more like two years at the beginning, not do anything for like 15 years and then like crowdfunding and three, three years at the end. (laughs) Phil Tippett is a Hollywood special effects legend, Mm -hmm. uh, has worked on a shit ton of things from, um, I believe he was one of the guys that made the the at-ats walk and stumble in Empire. It kills me that you call them at-ats. It's A-T-A-T, you monster. (laughs) I love at-at. I can just hear my dad being like, what's the difference? What's wrong with you people? (laughs) Down to being like one of the dinosaur guys on Jurassic Park and all sorts of shit in between. I've heard of him, at least. He falls under like, oh, okay. Well, when his, I see your name, his movie is gorgeous. And by gorgeous, I mean, it's grody, but it's, 
all stop motion. So like all that grode is like hand done. And it's gorgeous. Any kind of stop motion is ridiculous. It's kind of terrifying to me. And it's just sort of this weird, dark, kind of futile, almost nihilistic tone poem of a movie that just works for me. Oh, on that note, I didn't do a movies. I am going to put a Wendell and Wilde as an honorable mention. Just mm. be- And I thought the movie was fine, but the stop motion is top notch. And that nice. really does deserve credit as... And it's not all, it's a weird, it's a mix of things. There is like some live action mixed in and some other things, but, um, and then, so I'd say the top of my bottom five could be switched with the bottom, the bottom of my top. Yeah. 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 So the top of my bottom five adventure time. Yep. We did watch all that this year. We watched all that this year. (laughs) God, I was talking to Danny about that and that was. I'm really glad we did it. I will never do 54 hours for a single podcast again in my life. So in preparation for this, I actually went back through and re-listened to the what are we ingesting parts of every one of our episodes from this year. man. I just like thought. (laughs) And I got back to the Adventure Time episodes and I had a hard time not just like continuing going into them. And then I was like, I don't have time for this. I might re-listen to those. Those are fun. I, I don't know if I've ever actually listened to our Adventure Time episodes. And I'm going to say, also say this out loud. We need to do another block of Adventure Time episodes at some point with Yui. Oh, Yui, if 100%. you're listening, we need to do this. Because I don't think we got into talking about hardly anything they actually wanted to talk about in the outline. <laughs> because we were introduced to it and we're still processing it. Yeah, ma'am. That's <laughs> having had time to process it. Uh, the show's fucking incredible. There's so many really good themes that are played with throughout it. The lore and just the the continuity is fucking like amazeballs. So we'll get back to it at some point. At least to do an episode about the whole happening happened will happen shit. Like, the, the cyclic nature of the universe is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Anytime you talk about stuff, you're like, well, Adventure Time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be related at all to Adventure Time. You can connect. Uh, so, bottom of my top five. Mm-hmm. Even though it's uh, not even, I mean, it's just over two weeks old, I think, at this point. Midnight Suns. The Marvel's Midnight Suns. The, the video game. The video not game. The, yeah, okay. Um, we read just just yeah. as me being like you have to clarify. We read old school Midnight Suns earlier this year. They just started a new Midnight Suns comic book and Marvel's Midnight Suns released for the PS4. So like, so I'm talking the game. It's been, it's they have the the characterizations of the characters pretty much spot on. I've been just loving going and listening to all their interactions, talking with them. As I've been excitedly saying to everybody I can this week, I'm in a motherfucking book club with Blade, Captain America, (laughs) Captain Marvel that was started by Blade because he has a giant crush on Captain Marvel and is trying to find an excuse to talk to her more. That is really cute. (laughs) Blade is really dumb about his crush with Captain Marvel. It is hilarious, and I love it. I don't even really... I don't think they'd be a great couple. No. But I think his crush is adorable. 
I'm all for Blade having romantic feelings, but let's be honest, dating Blade would be the worst thing on Earth, and I don't care who you are. I mean, at least she could leave Earth at times. Yeah, but <laughs> she could just wreck his day, so, like, it would work, but... Um, no, everything about it so far I've been really digging, even with the things I don't like about it. Menus are fucking terrible. Switching between, like, editing your deck and upgrading your abilities and shit is a giant fucking waste of time. The, they need to do something with the graphics. People, this goddamn game was released this year, not five years ago. My guy, my favorite game of the year was Pokemon Scarlet. So, like... <laughs> it's just... Uh... It's annoying when parts look really good and then you have a cutscene where the camera is like hovering over Wolverine's shoulder and his shoulder hairs are just drawn on squiggles. <laughs> I'm like, please, please do a little bit more because so much of this is so amazing. Or like later on, give me a, a next gen update or something. We are, we just got our huge, um, it's one of those mini range projectors. So it only sits like a foot or so away from like where the screen will be, but it projects like a 10 foot screen. So my opinion on graphics might improve like uh, like or my the importance of graphics to me might upscale dramatically once we have that. And I there's a certain like I fucking love Vampire Survivors. It's all it doesn't have to be. But if you're going to do good graphics. Yeah, it's a, a higher certain, bar. Like there's a certain bit and there's only there's only so many areas and so much that this game actually has to render, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so when you're still having problems with, like, uh, draw distance, when the maximum that distance is going to be is, like, 100 meters, kind of bugs me. Well, literally every time I've seen you play this game, and it's the only game I've seen you play for weeks, mm -hmm. you've been in the same goddamn Abbey, so, like... That's what I'm saying. There's only so much that needs to be rendered. Step it up maybe a little right, bit, right, but right. otherwise the game plays fucking fantastic. Like it, It's one of my favorite things, and it's already, it's only been out two weeks, so I'm not knocking it that hard. It's just really weird sometimes when you run into some of that stuff, and you're like, everything else is so polished, why isn't this? God damn it. Also, like four hours in, I run in, ran into a bug that was almost game-breaking, which... And the fact that that happened and I still put it in my top five is... Mm -hmm. Hardcore. Children of Dune. Yeah, that's definitely not from 2022. <laughs> really, Children goes on your top five. I think of the first four, Children was my favorite. And Children and God Emperor, I read both this year for the first time. Children is my least favorite, so that's super inter... I'm not saying you're wrong, mm -hmm. obviously. Like, I I think Children is super important, but I, I struggled with it. Why, it. why is that one your... I felt like Children... Sounds so accusing. Why do you like that one? <laughs> children, I felt, was the best mix of everything that that first four books was doing. Like, it's a straight-ahead political thriller that has actual, like, action and assassination attempts and double-crossing and, like, it's... The political intrigue is on par with, uh, like, when Game of Thrones is doing it at its at its highest. Okay, I can give you that. But it still also manages to have those weird, like, little it, musings on the way this all actually fits together and why people are acting like this. And I'm not saying I agree with you, because obviously I don't, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounded so bad. <laughs> but, like, okay, so it does have... 
What I thought the first Dune book did best was the like philosophical musings. It probably did better than the rest of them. Uh, I thought the political intrigue was best in Dune Messiah, personally. And then I thought that the high strength, the fuck and what the hell is happening weirdness was best in God Emperor. And I, I, I don't think children manages as good at any of those, but it does probably find the best balance of the three of those. See, and I, with Messiah, I kind of feel like it's barely its own thing and should have just been like Dune and Messiah should forever now be just packaged together. I am also super aware that I am alone (laughs) in loving Dune Messiah as much as I loved Dune Messiah. And you are 100% correct. It is Dune part two. Yeah, it's Dune one and a half. (laughs) And then children is two. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, God Emperor is three, but I and I, here's the thing: I they loved were originally God. all supposed to be one book. How fucking insane of a book would that have been? Right? It wouldn't Jeez. have worked at all. No, no. And I here's I ended up really loving God Emperor, but something about Children just flowed so much better for me. I would love to reread it. Um, we had Wagon for the the Dune movies. It mm-hmm. might be fun to do a Dune book. God, it'd be hard to do Dune book on a single episode, but like... Oof, yeah. <laughs> Peacemaker? Shit. Shit, I knew I was missing something. Because it's magical? It's... Here's the thing. Peacemaker's opening sequence makes my top five. Yeah. The fact that the rest of the show is as good as it is, is bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I still am... One... I'm so curious what's going to happen with Peacemaker because James Gunn is basically relaunching most of the Marvel, uh, not Marvel, most of the DC universe. I'm like, okay, Henry Cavill's not going to be Superman. It is kind of a bummer because he was so excited to be back. But I also. But now he's just going to be God Emperor. Yeah, I don't care about that. But like, man, just make him Jor-El. Like, if you want to do a young mm-hmm. Superman he can't do it. He's like 50. Like, you yeah. you know, that's not even but being he could mean be on him, but He'd be a great Jor-El. And it'd be fun. Superman's got this long history of bringing in old actors into new roles. Mm-hmm. But I'm so curious, like, what's going to happen with, like, Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad? Is he going to try and just roll that into his new universe? Is he just going to keep making a couple shows and not mention it? It would be insane to not use Peacemaker and I can't believe I'm saying that because it's fucking Peacemaker, but it was so It was so good. good. It was so good. Um, highly recommend. Above that, though, Andor. Because holy shit, Andor. Because it's like one of the only Star Wars things that I can get my partner into. And she loved it, too. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I. it's heavy. But it's even the kind of heavy that I, I don't have a problem putting on. I finished it last night, yeah. so it's the second half is supremely better than the first half, like night and day. And I liked the first half, but the second half is just fucking killer. I mean, it's good enough that I made sure to finish it last night so I could put it on my top five list without like cheating. having a caveat, having an asterisk there. Yeah. Um. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I've already watched it twice. It's been out. In its entirety for, what, less than a month and a half at this point? Yeah, very short amount of time. Loved it. Number one, Elden Ring. You put a lot of time into that fucking video game. That tracks 
I feel I feel lucky to have lived in this year when Elden Ring dropped. Um, I have no doubt that it's going to go down as an all timer for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, just as far as video game achievements, they're still releasing awesome content for it. They just a couple weeks uh, ago dropped the co- uh, multiplayer coliseums, and that's just for free. That's hey guys, cool. here you go. Have some stuff. Uh, the updates have been great. Honestly, half of the YouTube I haven't played the game any more than probably about six hours in the past three months as I've just been like getting into other things, waiting for us to get the first official DLC before I drop back in Mm -hmm. and still like three quarters of my YouTube watching is related to Elden Ring. Oddly, one of the prettiest things I've seen this year is you showed me some. Oh, the Shifa river. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) The Underdark. Yeah, it was the Underdark that had like stars (laughs) up above. It was fucking amazing. That is going down to the Shifra River is probably in my top three gaming moments of all time. Like I had no idea what I was getting into when I went down that elevator and it blew my fucking mind, blew my hair up. I have I rarely have that kind of experience with any sort of media. And it was so just enthralling that this is what that game brought to me. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's see for video games. The only two video games I put real time into this year were Spider-Man and Pokemon Scarlet. So shredders. Yeah. Revenge. I did put some time into shredders. I've almost beat that. You're right. Oh yeah. Weren't you actually really close? I did not realize I was <laughs> on like the second to last level, but yes, God, I did that all in like a day and a half too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not a long game. No, but I am not good at side scroll and punch them up. So I really enjoy Pokemon. Oh, Legends of Arceus as well, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is very early this year. Probably that's my favorite of the ones that came out this year. Spider-Man remains just its own. It's older, but it remains its own unique beast. I There are a few games that I've played that I love as much as that Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, we're doing my top six for... TV shows, because I cannot think of one to take out for Peacemaker, but I cannot not mention Peacemaker. Peacemaker. We won't go into it because we've already been over it. Uh, honorable mentions. Wednesday, the new Adams Family TV show. I really liked it. I am on my second watch through. Mm. It's a murder mystery. I always like to do a second watch through a murder mystery, see what I can pick up. Mm-hmm. It's not a great murder mystery. It is a good feelings piece like it, it 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 has a it's very own like sense of style that it really lives in which i mean that's tim burton's whole shtick but it doesn't get lost in the tim burton okay lower decks makes honorable mention lower deck season three probably the only reason it's not on my top five and a different star trek show is is i thought season two was stronger than season three as we've discussed before it's still fucking great mm-hmm I'm still rewatching it. Like it's not. Uh, and then Prodigy also makes the the other star, other other Star Trek show makes honorable mention because it's not done yet. And also, it started in 2021, so like it it's very slow pace. Mm-hmm. So I want to give that time to finish before I try to definitively rank it. So without specific order, really, other than my top rank, I'm gonna start with Our Flag Means Death. Okay. Which I honestly thought was going to rank somewhere on yours, but... 
I, I loved it. And when I kept thinking back on it, I just, as much as I love it, like I was only doing a top 10. You know what no, I mean? I, I, and, there's got to be. And um, I was doing a top 10 overall. Stuff. Yeah, my, my things would probably be different. The only reason it doesn't get kicked for Peacemaker is the second half is so insanely strong. Mm. I think the second half is stronger than Peacemaker as a whole. But the first like few episodes are decidedly weaker than Peacemaker. So overall, I like them about the same. But Before you get too much further in your list, I realized I guess I have one honorable mention that yeah, yeah. I think would have made the list. I just but dropped I, three, so go for it. Right, but I haven't finished it yet. What's it? Uh, I haven't even finished the first season. There's only two seasons, and so I haven't even gotten into the second season. But I'd recently started uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I've heard such good things. And it's fucking amazing. Like, it's <laughs> right up my alley. But Well, it's Douglas Adams plus uh, uh, Max Frodo. Landis plus Frodo. <laughs> and everyone's knocking it out of the park. Elijah Wood. I just was blanking a name there. I have read one of those books, not the first one. But <laughs> I've never read them. I just know it's Douglas Adams. You can tell. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, not only can you tell, but you can tell exactly what era Douglas Adams, because the first Dirk Gently's book was a reworked version of his unused Doctor Who script, Shada. Really? I've seen versions of Shada before, but. They so have, they Dirk Gently is so kind of. Uh, the con man version of the doctor, except the show reworks that a little bit. He's not a con man in the show. It's more complicated. For a script that never actually saw the light of day as a TV show, they have released so many different versions of Shada over the years. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, loving it, but it can't. No, no, it, it's the same reason Prodigy didn't make it on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, our flag means death. Also, it gets credit because, I mean, explicitly queer TV is important. It is good to see that. On the same thing, I'm kind of surprised Reservoir Dogs didn't make it on for you. Reservation Dogs. Reservation I know. Dogs. Um, it's a top 10 list, and you and I ingest a lot of fucking media. Like, you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> uh, Shorzy, which I did not expect to be on my top five list. I've rewatched that show so many times now. Man, and that's a weird one, too, because I have also rewatched Shorzy a number of times and it didn't make my top, but it's more rewatchable than top for me, if that makes for, sense. No, I get what you're saying. It's, it's comforting. Of, it's one of the ones I show people because I'm like, no, you need to see this. So that was kind of on my list of consideration. Mm -hmm. Next, be in Puppycat. Okay. Which, one, I was very determined to have an animation on here because animation is incredible. Two, turns out most animation I was watching was before 2022. Like, Castlevania might be the thing oh, I enjoyed right. most, but... And three, being Puppycat is so weird and so good and created by a person who worked on Adventure Time for five seasons. She created the Fiona and Cake characters that became their own episodes. Oh, okay. And I know you weren't huge on the Fiona and Cake stuff, but, like, that's clever. Yeah. Um, I think I liked Fiona and Cake less as it went on it was better the first time when you're like hey what mm -hmm. but after a while it kind of it, it's a risk when you return to bits every season on any show and it's only maybe because i mean it, it's still not bad once again 
Adventure Time made my top ten. Fuck it, the, I'm not gonna. Whatever. The worst Adventure Time is still pretty good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and by that I mostly mean the first season being, in my opinion, some of the worst. Where I was like, this is well done, but next up, Andor. We've already discussed it. Not surprised at all there. Oh, real quick, for B and Puppycat, if we haven't discussed it, I know I've said I've watched it. I don't know if I've ever tried to explain that show. You haven't uh, on the show? A strange woman, who, spoiler alert, is also a robot, encounters a magical puppy cat. It is a... It's never clear if puppy cat is a puppy that looks like a cat or a cat that looks like a puppy. So, so a puppy cat isn't the young version of cat dog. I knew you were going to go there. It's definitely not. It, it's okay. just one thing. He's also secretly a space prince that got disguised in this form. And they go, it, it, it's a combination of like slice of life of this really weird fucking island that makes no sense whatsoever. And they, Bee and Puppy Cat, get transported to an alternate, or a kind of like different dimension where they're assigned temp work on different worlds. And so there's like the race car world or the donut world or, and it's, I'm making it sound bad, (laughs) but it is good. But it is one of those that I watched it. I learned very much about every single character. We finished the season and I'm like, I think I understand less than I did at the beginning. (laughs) That's funny. Um, very sweet, extremely gorgeous, uh, and or which we already mentioned. And then for me, my favorite of the world of <laughs> my favorite TV show of the year was strange new worlds. The new star Trek show, the, uh, the one on the enterprise. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I've liked the every- one where the trailer looked like a movie for every episode. Yeah. And it feels like it, it is old school star Trek with budget. I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with that. I am going to have to give it a shot one of these days. I I mean... Just not enough hours in the day. Oh, I I super feel you. Um, I'm best friends with magic. We're besties. You know, before we did the magic episode of New Byland, and by this, as we always have to make clear, we're talking about Ilyana Rasputin, Colossus's little sister. I would have been like, so what? She a bitch. But then we did that episode, and I'm like, I want to be magic's best friend. Right? (laughs) For the comic books, honorable mentions, Strange by uh, Jed McKay, which is the follow-up to Death of Doctor Strange, and it follows Clea as the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm -hmm. Jenny Zero, who, a couple of these, I'm realizing now, I did not get their, if I didn't automatically know their creators, I did not look them up. Jenny Zero is a Dark Horse comics book about a daughter of a great hero and they fight like kaiju okay uh except she's mostly a drunken party girl these days because she doesn't want to try to live up to her dad's responsibility it is did you ever read the prophet by uh from image a couple that came out a couple of years ago Mm, it's a very weird no never did it's a very stylized book okay and Thanks to the audio medium, it's extremely hard sometimes to convey a book that works so well because of the art. But it's just Dark Horse has been putting out these books that aren't manga, but definitely have manga influence. And two of them have made my list of top five this year because they're just keep knocking them out of the park. 
or I guess it didn't make my top five. It made honorable mention, but mm-hmm. it's extremely good. And then Blackwood by Evan Dorkin, which didn't make my top five list because it did not come out this year. But the big fancy hardcover copy version of it that I just <laughs> bought sure as fuck did. Oh, it's pretty too. Oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm so predictable. All right. So actually this one can go in order. Uh, first for, I guess, number five for comic books, the Robin series by Joshua, Joshua Williamson from DC comics. It is basically, I think I mentioned it last week, Damian Wayne, the grandson of Rachel Ghoul and the son of Batman goes to the mortal combat Island. Finish him. There's a lot of murder. Because the point of this is like, this is Lazarus Island, so you cannot die. You will be reborn. Just the power of the Lazarus pits have so permeated this island. Mm -hmm. So in this contest, you can leave and just run away at any point, or you are officially fully out when you have died three times. But once you've died three times, you don't get regenerated. You just die dead. Okay. So most people are like dying twice, but like the proper tournament doesn't even happen till every member has died at least once. So like at that point it becomes actual, like this person versus this person before it, it's just a fucking like kill them all Island. Okay. It starts off kind of like battle Royale. Style yeah. And then... and then it becomes a mortal combat thing. But okay. like, Robin realizes that he can kill without consequences and he just immediately murders like 10 people with knives. Just like, Oh, this is awesome. And starts just throwing fucking batterings in people's throats. Like, cause he's still Damian Wayne. He's a say, that little tracks. psychopath. Like that tracks really well. <laughs> that brings us to no one left to fight Two. No one left to fight. No one left to fight Two might as well be one series, but no One Left to Fight 2 is the one that came out this year. I have talked about it a couple of times. It is the insanely colorful book that I was talking about that I bought just off The Colorist, which is a very strange thing to do. Mm-hmm. It is um, basically midlife crisis for shonen heroes. Oh, that's right. Okay. But is so much better than that makes it sound. I remember you talking about But it's about kind of... Now. You know, Naruto or Goku or whoever saved the world. What happens next? Seven Secrets by Tom Taylor. Which is about a secret society. It's hard to explain this without giving stuff away and even understanding it. I only kind of understand it. It's about a secret society that controls the seven secrets. Okay. The secrets, what they are, is initially pretty unclear, but there is the keeper of the secret who has a, a briefcase that the secret is within that is inside. And then Marcellus Wallace ends up with it. I don't know what that means. And Pulp Fiction reference. Oh on. yes. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I have not seen Pulp Fiction since fucking middle or college. Middle school would be weird. Um, and then there is the guardian of the secret who is like the bodyguard of the keeper of the secret. The main character is the son of a pair. So a guardian and a keeper. Okay. You're not supposed to do that because you're not supposed to have families because your entire existence is supposed to be devoted to the keeping of the secrets. What the secrets are is unclear initially, like through the entire first volume, at least 
but just opening a briefcase was enough to blow up a castle. And that was just like a, you know, like snap open, snap shut kind of thing. So it's, okay. but it's all about secret societies and murder and intrigue and strange people fighting. And it's very, very good. Nightwing by Tom Taylor, because Tom Taylor makes out like a bandit in this series. <laughs> Nightwing was definitely my favorite series of last year. It remains my favorite series of this year. The only reason it didn't hit number one is it got caught up in the big Batman crossover event Fear State, and that dragged a little bit. Oh, okay. It was good, but it just fucked up the momentum of what they were building on, mm-hmm. and it just took it a minute to recover. Uh, and then my finale, my top book of the year, Moon Knight by Jed McKay. Sweet. Who also makes out like a fucking bandit. And I've been hearing nothing but good things about this run and not just from you. It like, is the best superhero comic of the year, hands down. And I read a lot of fucking superhero comics. It might also be the best Moon Knight run of all time. And considering how much both of us love the Warren Ellis run... That's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. The difference is Warren Ellis run is a unapologetically brilliant piece of like comic book literature. This one is actually more concerned of being a Moon Knight comic at the same time. Like the character of Mark Spector and Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley. I was forgetting the third mm-hmm. actually matter as opposed to they don't really exist in the Warren Ellis run. It's just... The Moon Knight. Okay. So those are mine. Hell yeah. I like that. Those are all real good. I now also feel bad that I didn't put Reservation Dogs on any of my <laughs> This is the problem with top five lists, because you're just going through being like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh. Well, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know if it would top out any of these top tens, but if I could just trying to imagine myself like five years in the future... If you ask me what some of the most important things from this time period would be, Reservation it, it's Dogs going to probably, come up. Yeah. It's just, it's, I fucking loved it. I am going to go back through it soon, but it's rough because it is essentially two seasons that are a comedy, dramedy. <laughs> I get what you're saying. About I, I, I super some get what... really heavy grief. <sighs> yeah. Well, on that awkward transition note... Uh, <laughs> also, kind of like, I realized that I think there was a new season of Barry this year that I just didn't bring up. I was Barry, expecting Barry to be Barry on Barry is going to be, once again, like, even if it didn't make my... This top ten, ask me in five years, it's one of the most important things that was put out this year. Mm-hmm. It, I, This latest season probably ensures that sometime in the future... Um, fucking, what's his name? I, why am I blanking his name? He is Barry. Oh, I, um, fuck you. <laughs> right? <laughs> he is going to win an Oscar. He might end up being a fucking EGOT in some way. I don't know how, but holy shit. So talented. His directing, like his acting and writing was amazing, but his directing as well was just... Bill Hader? Bill Hader. Fucking on point, so. Which is funny because I know Bader, Bear, uh, Bill Hader from... Uh, Two episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where he's one of the most annoying characters that, I mean, he does a good job doing that, Mm -hmm. but like. But once again, it's another one that's just like, oof. This season especially was very much about the fallout of the fact that Bill Hader's character has, is not a good guy. No, he's like an assassin. 
he's an extremely broken person who decided to become an assassin for a living. And it's all coming back to bite him in the fourth season. And so it's kind of a fucking downer, even though it's really well done. Like way more of a downer than Andor. Oh, Jesus Christ. Way more of a downer than Andor. And Andor was not a happy, and it talks about prison brutality. Yeah. That's an ongoing theme of Andor. Yeah. Jesus Christ is good, though. So, anyway. Uh, the, uh, trailers. Trailers. We have. Let's two. do the least interesting one first. Which one are you calling that? I don't actually know. I'm going to say Barbie. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I just. I mean, okay. It's an extremely interesting trailer. Because what the fuck is that trailer? Okay. So we watched the Barbie trailer because. I mean, I don't know if you've been seeing any of the stuff that's coming out on this. I have a. Uh, uh, an online friend, at least, who is, like, obsessed with this movie and it's not even come out yet. And so I've been seeing bits of it over the last several months. And being I've like, seen a couple shots from set and stuff and some of the promo photos they released. Me but, being like, what the fuck is happening in this? Should definitely say, from the top, we are aware that we are not the target audience for this movie. Who, that's the thing, though. We might be. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure who the target audience for this movie is based on that trailer. I definitely am much more interested in see after watching this. I have no idea what to expect from this goddamn movie. The, the trailer is just a drawn out 2001 homage. Mm-hmm. And is hilarious and slightly surreal, and I kind of love it. Well, but also, I'm not entirely sure that it's not just me really liking how Margot Margo Robbie looks. Margot Robbie is so fucking hot. And she's a great actress. I do yes. not, for a second, I try not to be like, oh, I love her because she's hot. But Jesus Christ, Margot Robbie is an attractive human being. And she pulls off that, like, 50s look that she has in this, like, no one's business. Like, I, I don't question for a second that she's playing Barbie. No, that was Barbie, right? There. Yeah, that was Barbie. And you see Without the, the, quite being Barbie. But it's Barbie. Well, and we see the other, you know, we've seen stills where she's wearing just the brightest of pink colors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, kind of... I know this is very classic Barbie look, but like the other classic Barbie looks and like we see briefly Barbie in a town and every town is a Barbie playhouse, like every building. So it's open to the world and all hot pink. Fucking the guy from the notebook is playing Ken. But Shudi Gatwa apparently is also playing a different iteration of Ken. I'm told he's also called Ken. Oh, wild. I don't know what that means. I don't know if just every guy is named Ken. It is weird to I see. I feel like the, I have to see this movie. Like, the it, trailer <laughs> kind of weirdly sold me. It's weird to see the doctor coming out in a Barbie movie the year before. Like, because they just started filming this week, his mm -hmm. episodes. And Simu Liu? And Simu Liu. I knew I was forgetting someone. <laughs> like, Shang-Chi and the doctor and the dude from... No, I'm not going to use the notebook. Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Thank you. You have you, We have caught on that I had no idea what the <laughs> name of that guy was off the top of my head. And Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, and Harley Quinn. 
you have to, even if you have no interest in watching Barbie, and I don't blame you if you don't, because I didn't, you have to at least watch this trailer because it is weird. This might end up being like the next Lego movie where it was announced and everyone's like, why? And then you watch it and you're like, oh, that's why. Because this is fucking magical. And I, they're both Mattel, aren't they? I don't, fucking, I don't know. fucking know. I don't know why I would ask that. Like, that was a thing that either one of us would it's, be aware uh, no, of. But... Lego's, is Lego its own company, or did it eventually get bought by No, somebody? I think Lego is still Lego. Yeah. Either way, they're weirdly good at... I mean, if this movie works out, they're weirdly good at just being like, here's a toy line. Have fun. Which, historically, goes really badly. Yeah. Looking at you, Angry Birds. Oh, I was going to say Battleship. Also Battle... I forgot about Battleship. No one expected anything. I thought about watching it, but only because I really like Liam Neeson. <laughs> right. So the other trailer. Spider-Verse. Across it. it not into. Not into. It, I mean, if we have not made it clear yet, Across the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, is my favorite superhero movie of all time. We watched it on my wedding night, and it wasn't my idea. It's fucking fantastic. We, you know, we've done all the wedding mm-hmm. stuff for hanging out. That sounds really dirty when I put it that way. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, and then we're like, all right, what do you want to do now? And CC's like, you want to watch Spider-Verse? I'm like, yeah, I fucking do. Yes, I do. Love you so much. <laughs> this is why we married. <laughs> it's my favorite movie to watch on my TV. Oh, it might be the first thing that goes on that giant 10 foot screen we were talking about. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm getting one over to the new Miles Morales designed costume. Okay. They did very it, basic it changes. a little bit. Uh, yeah. Instead of the kind of triangle shape of the red on the uh, on his chest, they've changed it to more of a tracksuit stripe red on the mm-hmm. sides. It's good. I like the other one better still, but like I especially see for this style how that is interesting and fun. And considering the other... Did you see the Miles Morales updated costume that they did for uh, like two years in the comics? That's extremely different. I know I must have seen it, but it's, it's not mostly immediately all red on. instead of the blue. It doesn't look anything like the classic Miles Morales. Okay. Uh, and then it's kind of like street clothes with a Spider-Man mask, except for some reason the like collar of his shirt goes up and covers like half his face. Like it's a, um, like it's a bandana across his face or something like that. Okay. It's not bad. It's just such a clear step down from one of the best super suits of the past 20 years that I got distracted. Also, I don't see how the thing is staying connected to his mask at all times. Fair. Um, so this trailer got me so hyped that I am like 10 issues into the original Spider-Man 2099 run. Oh, you mentioned that you were re- God, I love that run so much. I'm really enjoying it. I need to get to more. Um, that's probably what I'm going to be reading during my breaks at lunch this week. Dude, I'm hyped. Everything looks good. Here's the thing. Like that first movie is gorgeous and flawless and the animation manages to look better in this one. I feel like Miles's world, even though it was already a little bit stylized, his world is is a touch more stylized now in this mm-hmm. one. I noticed that the uh, some of the shading was a little bit different, and it feels like it has 
uh, more depth. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah, I would agree. I did see a couple uh, trailer breakdowns. Oh, yeah, that one. I'm okay. showing him the new costume. It's Google Miles Morales' new costume. It's fine. It's just not as good. And there's some there's some interesting Spider-Man walking around. I mean, I, I, let's see. We've seen a version of Jessica Drew that looks awesome. She also kind of looks like Misty Knight, but not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I know I saw the armored Spider-Man costume that Marco Smart designed. You uh, pointed out we saw the Bag amazing Man. Bagman, which is incredible. Uh, harder to notice, and you you have to freeze frame it to be able to pick out mm-hmm. the the differences in design. It does appear at one point that Andrew Garfield Spider Man is walking beside. Oh God, some other I can't remember. There was another like pull. Um, I think he's walking beside uh, the Spider Man from the games. Oh, the Insomniac one. The Insomniac I one. I know that one has shown up. Uh, I know. And I think at one point you can see in the background, I want to say it's uh, Peter B. is talking to the Miles from the Insomniac games. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we I know for sure that we will see... I, I saw the Kane version of the Scarlet Spider, so uh, Scarlet Spider 2. Not the hoodie, but I'm hoping we'll get hoodie Scarlet Spider still. And I know we saw, I know I saw Superior. I was about to say, at least one of them appears to be Superior. And there was, oh God, who's the, the, the like steampunk. Oh God, she's. Yeah, you see her for a second. She's not also named Penny, is she? I can't remember. I don't remember. You see her for a second as well. There are so many spiders and hopefully they don't. As I've talked about before, my concern is they did a pretty good balance of the previous one of introducing multiple spiders without just overwhelming the audience with it. But if they so if they can keep that up, fucking great. It is interesting to note that the Bagman is not wearing the Fantastic Four. Nope, they do not have the rights to do that. <laughs> so, uh, we know Spider-Man and Leo Portamon show up. Show up. We don't know how much. Spider-Man Miles has oh, pissed off a shit ton of the spiders by the end of that trailer. And it sure kind of looks like uh, uh, Miguel might be in charge and that might not be a good thing. From what I understand is that the overall bad guy for these next two is going to be the spot. But that this movie involves there basically being two factions within the spider people that are kind of that are disagreeing as to how to deal with the spot. I refuse to believe that the spot is not a plant that they're using to distract us with something because it's the spot. He is not good, <laughs> but I mean, fucking win me over, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I mean, definitely we see Gwen being like, we're supposed to be the good guys. Miguel going, Isaac. we are mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac going to be fucking great. Not so worried about that at all. I like what I'm assuming is Miguel's world when he's doing the, the when he's fucking choke slamming Miles, mm-hmm. which was hardcore as shit. Um, I I liked the stylizing on that. I can't wait to see more of that in Not action. the 2099 world. Uh, I'm most excited that we definitely see Peter B. Parker, but at, you know he's continued his tradition of I am too old and tired to worry about being cool as Spider Man. 
So he's wearing a fucking pomplamoose and a bathrobe. And I've seen art, I don't know if it is official for it, of his daughter, May Mayday Parker, who in the comic version is one of my favorite Spider-Man of all time, or spider characters of all time, Spider-Girl of the MC2 universe. And in this one, she's a cute little redhead, which, fucking appropriate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really hope we get to see a version of MJ with Spinneret, who was from uh, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. And we might have to do some Spider-Man stuff soon. This is. I hope we get like a more mystical spider totem era Aranya. I desperately want some Aranya. She's so fucking cool. Ezekiel would be a good character to slide in here. He's connected to the spider totem stuff. Um, oh, God. Oh, we're not going to be talking about Spider-Man, but I just want to go watch this movie now. I know. I know. What is it? June 2nd? June 2nd. Supposedly. It might get delayed. Who knows? If it does, I don't care because I do want it. them to do it right. Do what you need to get this movie right. Yeah. And the next one. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's so long when they first announced it. I'm like, no, you take your fucking time. You do not fuck this up. Also, animation takes a long time. Especially this one. Mm-hmm. They cannot... In the style, just fall back on, like, here's our Pixar moving animations. Just insert this character on top of it. No. Doesn't work. Cool. Yeah. Is that it for this? Let's take a quick break, and we'll go from amazing new animation to amazing. I don't want to call it old, because I remember when it came out, but, like, amazing old animation. (laughs) Just the world now. (laughs) So... Uh, you watched this on HBO Max as well, I assume, yes. right? Did you know that they put on the in loving memory of Kevin Conroy oh, at the beginning? Because Jesus Christ, it made me so glad that I watched it on streaming instead of digging up my DVD copy. I so I felt <laughs> that part took me by surprise, and the waterworks almost started, and then I felt dumb because. It took me by surprise because I was a little bit stoned and forgot that I had already heard it mentioned in a podcast earlier. Oh, I see. I did not know it was there. And that picture just from the God, he's young in that. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that picture had to have been taken during the recording of this or the animated series, at least like. Yeah. Well, that's what I. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Just in that time frame, Mm -hmm. uh, just based on his age and. Like it would make sense. So really the reason we decided to do this is because Kevin Conroy passed. And I mean, he's Kevin Conroy. If it's one of those, like, if you know, you know, and if you don't, I don't know how to explain to you how important, but for generations of fans, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. When I read Batman, I I read it in Kevin Conroy's voice. And I don't, there's not many other characters I can say that about where their voice actor is so connected to them that I hear them when I read the character. Mark Hamill is the Joker. That's about the only other one. And even then, I know I'm getting it wrong because the Joker's voice is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tim Daly is <clears throat> Superman, but like, again, we're pull- I, every time I'm saying this, I am pulling back to the same animated universe. Like, right. it's just... And Kevin Conroy... Man. Well, and beyond just this, like mm-hmm. he continued to be Batman in, and he continued a lot to be grateful. To, like there are some people who very understandably get annoyed to be typecast or to kind of be stuck with a character forever. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. I will never for a second argue someone that's like, that was great. That was a job I did. I want to do other stuff by all means. But I really love it when people recognize, even if it's sometimes annoying, how important what might be a goofy little thing like, oh, I voiced Batman in a TV show. Did you ever hear the story of when he was working in like soup kitchens after 9-11? I don't know if I've heard that specific story. I have, I've heard a couple of Kevin Conroy. Well, he just like went to like volunteer and was like helping out and stuff. And people are all like down and shit. And somebody like one of the other guys that like in the kitchen working beside him, like kept hearing his voice and eventually had to be like, dude, are you, are you, are you Batman? (laughs) See, I heard a different and then, like, once it was kind of out and stuff, he, he managed to kind of, like, lift the mood of the entire room of just, like, doing the, like, I am the knight, I am vengeance from, like, behind where nobody could hear it. But it sounds like Batman's in the room with you. No, the one I had heard was, uh, and this is apparently, I, I can't verify this story. This is something I read online. I always take... But of uh, he was, you know, some some homeless guy. This would have been in the like mid 90s. Like he was still working on the animated series, uh, asked if he had any money. And he's like, sorry, man, I don't have my wallet on me. And the guy goes, yeah. Hey, I've heard your voice before. It's like, are you Batman? He's like, yeah. Or first, are you Kevin Conroy? And he's like, who the fuck knows me? <laughs> like, and then are you Batman? I'm like, you have to do it. You have to do the please, man. Like, just, and so he does. And this homeless guy is just fucking like, oh my God. Oh my God. I met Batman. And he's like, okay, hold on. I'm going to go into my car and I'm going to get you money. He's like, nope, you don't gotta. <laughs> you did the Batman. You made my night. And he's like, no, I can't have you thinking Batman's cheap. Like, <laughs> and I desperately hope this is true. Real quick, we don't usually do this, but it's stuff I want to start doing. Kevin Conroy, voice actor, first born on November 30th, 1955. First born. Just born. It's not second born. Which makes him born the first time. Which makes him younger than my dad, which kind of freaks me out. But died November 10th, 2022, age 66. Uh, Was an active voice actor from 1978 to 2022. He actually just came out as gay last year in 2021. And wrote a very heart-wrenching book called Finding Batman, a uh, comic, like, mm-hmm. that is all about kind of how Batman saved him and helped him when he was facing discrimination for being a gay man. I've been really wanting, I've read it a couple times, uh, not since he passed, though, because I have not wanted to I cry don't that cry. hard. Yeah, like, uh... like, I know the next time I read it, I'm going to be a mess now knowing that he has passed. Man, I was a mess just reading it before that. So, yeah. Uh, It is fucking beautiful, though. And we don't really do structured recommendations anymore. But if we're going to recommend anything, read Kevin Conroy's Batman comic. Also, Mark Hamill's tribute to him was Mm -hmm. extreme. I mean, a lot of people did good tributes, but like Mark Hamill, those two worked together for decades well and generally if you brought one back you brought the other back well i was gonna say even even beyond being batman and the joker once they were both uh so recognizable as those characters 
if you had a chance of casting the other one when you cast <laughs> one, you would just for the stunt casting. Right. Even if it was just for like a scene to have them interact again. And they did conventions together. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, they genuinely seem to enjoy each other. I don't want to sound like I'm knocking on Mark Hamill, but we're like, we talk so much about Mark Hamill being the iconic Joker. I think Kevin Conroy does a better Batman than Mark Hamill does a Joker. Which is saying a lot because he is head and shoulders above any other Joker. And there have been some good Jokers. Yeah. I. That's tough. Do you have a first memory of like Kevin Conroy or Batman the Animated Series? Or because you're only like a year or two older than me, but it's amazing how you remember some things much more clearly than I do because of... My, so my memory is that I wasn't actually that much into the animated series when it first dropped. Really? I didn't dislike it by any means. I liked Superman better because it had lasers. And now I recognize like how amazing it was that Batman the animated series didn't have lasers, but I was, you know, fucking mm-hmm. five. I liked I, lasers. Yeah. I I didn't dislike it by any means, but um, I was not making sure to mm. catch episodes like I was with, um, let's see, during that time period, it would have been like, I don't know, like the X-Men cartoon and like uh, Spider-Man. And after that, Spider-Man Unlimited. Those were my jams. Like when it came to the animation back in the day, I was way more about the Marvel side. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of, in a way, like I've talked about it before, I kind of had my Batman already. Because you had Adam West. Yeah, and like that was my memories of Batman was like, Waking up super early in the morning because I have a lifelong insomniac. (laughs) (laughs) God, that had to suck for your parents. (laughs) And catching those episodes super early in the morning, like hanging out with dad while he's getting ready for work and stuff. Um, And I I loved that shit like so, so much. That was kind of Batman. And then I also had like the Tim Burton Batmans by that time. Mm -hmm. And... Especially as a kid, I fucking loved those. Going back, I'm a lot more critical of them. You know, Especially I might the like, ones. I might like to do those movies for some stuff just to... I've always been super critical of Returns, and I kind of want to get try to give it a fair you shot. Be. Okay, I'm glad to hear someone else say that, because everyone else is like, no, that's the perfect one. Fuck, no it isn't. Um, Terrible iteration of The Penguin, which is too bad, because Danny DeVito is such a good actor for the penguin. Penguin is like a sex pest. <laughs> uh, Batman full on just like at one point drops a bomb down a fucking clown's trousers and then pushes him into an open sewer. Christopher Walken is just there for some reason. <laughs> Isn't he Max Shrek? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's really just like he's there. Christopher Walk. It's It is the more Burton heavy of the two. Like the first one is a Batman movie by Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. The second one is a Tim Burton movie featuring that happens to have Batman in it. And I get why a lot of people like that second one better, especially if you're a Burton fanboy. I like Burton, but a lot of my favorite Burton stuff is the ones where he has to calm it the fuck down. You know, I like fucking Big Fish might be my favorite Tim Burton movie. <laughs> like, God, I don't know if I've rewatched Big Fish since it dropped on video. Uh, 
It's still extremely good. It is too long. It's like three hours long. I just realized that by pointing out since Big Fish dropped on a video means I haven't seen it in probably about two 15, decades. 20 years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. God, that's been hitting me a lot lately. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, don't have... Anyway, anyway. Um, I yeah, That's the thing. I mostly remember not liking it that much when it was on air and I could catch it all the time. And it was only looking back when I later got into comics that I sort of realized just how good and how genius it was. Mm-hmm. It has the best Mr. Freeze episode of all time. Best Mr. Freeze say, story, Heart of Ice. I probably saw just about every episode as a kid mm-hmm. because there was only so much TV to watch back then. But it wasn't yeah, your I, Batman. I wasn't like making was... time for it. It was more something on while I was waiting for the next thing to come on. It's kind of how I was about Spider-Man, but like, which is weird to say, but you know, it was, um, see for me, it was one of those things. I was always aware of it. I always knew that I liked it. I always knew that it was fucking cool, but where I got into it is Batman beyond, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about me being such a big fan of. And I almost pushed us to do some Batman beyond stuff for this episode, but We'll just do it in the future anyway. Well, one, yeah, we'll uh, one, we'll just do it in the future anyways. And then two, as important as he is in that, that's Terry's show. Yes. If we want to do a Kevin Conroy thing, then we needed to do something in this era. If we were doing a show for Will Friedel, that'd be weird because it's Will Friedel and like he's good, but he's not an icon of an actor in the same way. That would be Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I don't know man I just I started saying that I'm like I don't want to be mad mean to Will Friedel because he was fucking great in that but like but at his the other big time. thing that he did was an older brother in a show I didn't watch well yeah however I watched every single episode of Boy Meets World <laughs> multiple times <laughs> I would have I just didn't have regular access to it uh, Not only that, but every episode of Kim Possible, multiple times. I do love Kim. Man, we should do a Kim Possible episode. Kim Possible was fucking great. Kim Possible was right at that age where I was like, no, no, I'm not like, I'm cool. I'm grown up. Because I was like, what, fucking 15, 14? I think I had that for like a month with Kim Possible. And then I realized that I was already like super fanboying about the Lizzie McGuire show too. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to accept this. (laughs) I was, I like didn't miss an episode, but it was like my secret shame that I was watching Kim Possible. I have a weird relationship with Lizzie McGuire because every boy in my eighth grade class was obsessed with her. Like Mm. physically. Mm Mm-hmm. And would talk about her like that. Like, that's my main memory of Lizzie McGuire. And it wasn't creepy because we were all 13. Right, 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 right. Let's get that out there. <laughs> you were age appropriate I did, at the I did time. start this with eighth grade class. Like, there, I did that yeah. very much on purpose. But I, like, think about that now and I go, ugh, ugh. <laughs> but, like, you know. Mm-hmm. God, isn't she the lead on How I Met Your Father? Is she? I think so. She's, I don't know. I, I, didn't know, I watch. watched it. It was, pre- I didn't watch Lizzie McGuire. Um, I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother, so I don't care about How I Met Your Father. Oh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> God, 
we're talking about pretty much everything but um because it's sad we lost just, kevin conroy and i still haven't quite processed that yet some of these other celebrity deaths in recent years hit me a lot harder a lot sooner but this one is still yet to really get me yeah and i know like, holy shit and <laughs> i know it's still coming it's not that it didn't affect me it's that Batman's dead. It might... Oh, God, that sentence. Um, It might be hitting me a little stronger because I watched through almost all of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited in the last few months. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've been watching Kevin Conroy shows. Oh, yeah. Real quick, what did you think of his uh, live action? Because he appeared once in live action. That's one of those things where it's like... That was stunt casting to end all stunt casting, but... Yes. Um, it's one of those ones where it wasn't the greatest rendition, but I was so happy to finally get to see him do it. I just was... I had already been saying for years that, like... I think he Fucking sh- cast him. Oh, he would have been great. Because he, he could have pulled it off he better pulled than... It off. I mean, both of us like Batman Forever. He would have been a better Bruce than Val Kilmer back then. He would have been a better... He would have been a better Bruce than Clooney. Well, that's not fucking hard. Even Clooney well, didn't Clooney think he did phoned a good job. it the fuck in, but or God, who was the first one? Uh, uh, Beetlejuice. Um, yeah, Keaton. Keaton, thank you. Yeah, the Vulture himself. <laughs> He's a better Vulture than he is a Batman, yes. which is weird because that guy is very comfortable being the Batman. God, that fucking that the dinner though. The vulture in the vulture dinner. So good. So good. The vulture dinner sounds like they were eating vultures. Um. <laughs> Conroy, though. Yeah. So I'm I will say I'm glad we rewatch this because I don't think I've seen it since it dropped on video. My strongest memory of this movie is I don't remember if it was on it was on either Nightmare Before Christmas or Batman Forever itself. There was a trailer for this movie. Mm. Like Coming soon on VHS. Right. Or coming soon to video. Even though this movie did go into theaters. It, it is did. the only was... animated Batman movie to go into theaters, I think. Or at least, no, because Lego and Batman, it, but like. It bombed in theaters because it was a last second decision to put it in theaters. It was supposed to only go straight to video. And then they're like, oh, let's put it in theaters, I guess. And it didn't do very well. They didn't advertise it for shit. No one really knew what. They're like, what's. Okay. Um, it effectively like axed a lot of it, even though it was their own fault, it underperformed. There was supposed to be more like animation hitting theaters, except that this did bomb. And then they're like, Oh, we can't put them in theaters. So they stopped and they all went straight to video, which was in that day and age was a lot better for some of them. And it was DC animation these days on fucking point. Mm hmm. Although they tended to do pretty good. Like even the worst mm-hmm. one, you know, the Batman Sub-Zero one, it's fine, fine, but it's still well done. Interestingly, like as soon it, it flopped in theaters, as soon as it hit home video and like kids who didn't have to convince their parents to take them to the movies. Yep. Made his money back almost immediately. Yep. Like it, they were like, oh, fuck. Okay. This has a fan base and it's actually. Cons- we just suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's actually considered one of the best Batman movies of all time. And I don't disagree, which is interesting because it's not my favorite of like any of the stuff. I think the thing I took away from rewatching it is that 
even a, it's not subpar, but a top tier Batman animated episode can make a good movie. Mm -hmm. But I would say this isn't, this isn't even the best Batman animated series episode. (laughs) Cause it kind of is just an extended episode. Yeah. Which is and I'm not definitely not that. a bad thing. Yeah, no, I'm not mad at it. Uh, it does make it a weird pacing at times for me, at least. The beginning feels slow, and then once it starts to pick up, it's good. But mm-hmm. like the beginning feels weirdly slow. One thing I think, and one of the reasons it's kind of, as I said, considered one of the best, is everything it does, it does perfectly, but there's not a super strong standout moment of this film. For me, at least. I would say if there's any, I think the closest thing to a standout moment in this isn't, uh, well, I guess Bruce is part of it, but there's, there's the bit where. uh, I guess Alfred, Alfred is the fucking MVP in this just for his like tiny little moments. But for me, I'm 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 going to have to paraphrase it because I realized I don't remember the exact lines. But he asks Andrea, he goes, are you still doing what your father told you to do? And she comes back at him. The only one in this room controlled by their parents is you. That is very good. Like, And I'm like, ooh, you nailed it. Got him. Burn. What I mean is like it, this movie pulls in so many Batman tropes and moments and puts them all in one thing and does every one of them so well. Someone calling out Batman on the fact that he's just a fucking slave to the memory of two dead people. The early like Batman first appearance showing up and it not going well because he's not Batman yet. He's just a dude. dude. You know, the first discovery of the cave. The uh, For me, probably my favorite bit is Batman versus the cops. Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was extremely well run through. The Joker was actually kind of intimidating, which I always appreciate. Joker gas is an underutilized thing in modern day. I agree. I think it, it because it's goofy, so no one wants to do it. So now he's just kind of a serial killer. But, but like, it's also there's fucking terrifying. Yeah, man. Right. Especially that actor who played sleazy city councilman number seven. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember the character. The one that gets interrogated while under Joker gas? Unimportant, but his performance while on the Joker gas was incredible. Yes. And it's a fucking terrifying scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. I really liked that. Like, in hindsight, once again, like, coming back to this, being like, oh, there's parts of this that are just fucking genius. There's parts. Well, the thing that I think surprised me the most coming back to it and it's something I had kind of remembered about. I have re-went through the animated series. Uh, not super recently, but it hasn't been a long, long time. Oddly, I think it's the only one I've never done a proper watch through of. It wasn't very recent, but it wasn't as long ago as... It wasn't when you were seven, yeah. yeah. And I, re- it's something I remembered from that as well. But even though it was very much a show that was put within a certain time block to be aimed at kids and part of a block of programming that they all knew was going to be aimed at, at kids. kids. And they had to sell toys, and they had to... Um, they ch- still treated them like a 
thinking audience. Mm -hmm. The movie doesn't explain the fact that it's happening in two different timelines, that you're getting a bunch of flashbacks intermixed in. You just flash back, and you have to take a second and realize and be like, oh, this couldn't have been happening next. Oh, this was happening a long time ago. I get it now. Cool. I See, but, yeah, I was never really, like, lost on that. I was able to be like, oh, it's young Batman. Right. <laughs> Said, watching- but they also don't tell you. They don't go six years earlier. <laughs> it's literally just yeah, cuts just- to the next scene, and you're earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I find Batman in the white judo outfit, and I want to say a white headband, although I could just be adding that on, doing judo in his backyard. Just super fucking funny to me. Oh my god. When he says he's practicing jujitsu, that's it. Jiu-jitsu. Which is generally, as I understand, I'm not a practice, practitioner of jujitsu myself, but from what I understand, jujitsu involves grappling so much. You generally almost always train with a partner. I thought that was judo, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm, I, I should not even be talking right now. She does immediately <laughs> wreck his day, so apparently you should say, be practicing Well, here's someone. the thing, and if you're practicing jujitsu, you're probably not going to be sitting there practicing all your strikes, because once again, it's Mostly about the grapples. grapples and throws. And so what she does to him is actually closer to jujitsu <laughs> than what he's practicing. So this movie borrows pretty heavily, I mean, it tells its own story, but it borrows pretty heavily from two comic books. One, although not as strongly, Batman Year One, uh, although mostly in the, like, Bruce trying to be Batman without... Knowing how to be Batman. Without knowing how to be Batman and without having the... Um, the, the uniform, the cape, yet the whatever. The cape and cowl. And some of the first fights kind of things. And I want to say a little bit from the first time he puts on the Batman outfit, which is fantastically done in this movie. Mm-hmm. The first time he puts it on, you're like, oh, shit, it's Batman. And Alfred, my word. <laughs> yeah, Batman, yeah. Alfred almost shits himself. <laughs> <laughs> my son is dressed as a bat. I'm kind of scared of him now. Um, but then it borrows really heavily from a comic called Batman Year Two, which has the worst fucking name. I cannot get over how much I hate that name. Other than Year Three, I think Year Three is a worse. Year Three is worse, just, but which is worse, uh, Year Two or Zero Year for a name? Three, I still say, is worse than Zero Year. Year Two is worse, but. That's a pretty good zero year, which is a fun story. Actually, I enjoyed it. Uh, Was them desperately being like, guys, we need to add in some new stuff. We can't just like, it's okay to change things from year one. And we're not even actively changing per se. We're just fleshing out in our way. It doesn't. It it changes things wildly. Like it it cannot be year one, but, uh, but it also can with, the, the where the continuity was at at that well, time period. It's fine. Who cares? Like you can. T- Long Halloween doesn't line up perfectly with year one. It doesn't make it any less fucking good. Right. Or any of the various things. Year two, I remember making fun of it, like looking at it in the uh, comic book store, and then someone bought it for me for Christmas, and I was so mad how much I liked this book. It's not year one. 
it's not Long Halloween, which is better than year one. Fight me. I mean, no, you're is. not going to. You, no, I fucking we definitively Long agree. Um, Absolutely love Long Halloween. Year one is important as a like marker of things we can do with Batman as a story itself. I don't know. It's just it's year one has amazing moments. Yeah, it's not so much an amazing story. It's also a Jim Gordon story, and it's so Frank Miller. And I'm not a huge Frank Miller guy, so. But year two, it's written by Mike W. Barr, who I think is a Fruit Loop, but I don't like. No, I should not. I should be clear. A jackass is what I mean. <laughs> I should not use the term Fruit Loop when we were just talking about someone being losing work because they were gay. Like, that sounds like I'm being an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. I'm overthinking this now. Congratulations. <laughs> and then with art by, I think, originally Alan Davis and then fucking Todd McFarlane. Yes. Like, before he took off, which is two wildly different creators, by the way, because it goes from, like, really, like, smooth and sleek Batman to suddenly fucking Spawn Kate Batman showing up. But the basic idea is a former villain named the Reaper, or not a former villain, a former vigilante, but like murder vigilante named the Reaper has shown back up. It's basically the phantasm. Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. And Batman has to team up with a mob hitman or like a mob enforcer to help take down the Reaper. It never made sense to me why, but it was kind of cool. But thanks to continuity, this was able to work. Surprise. The uh, mob enforcer is Joe Chill, the man who killed Batman's Um, parents. mm. They definitely left that part out of Mask of the Phantasm and added in a Joker storyline instead. Also, I do not think that... uh, Okay, from this point onward, fucking spoilers for Mask of the Phantasm. But in fairness, the toy line spoiled this before the movie even came out. Phantasm is uh, Andrea Beaumont, his former fiancé and daughter of no i guess she's not daughter of uh the original phantasm there wasn't an original phantasm in this right she was just the fan she was daughter of the dude that got killed yeah it just throws me because i'm remembering in the reaper and then you meet i was like hey it's her it's phantasm oh it's Mm, never it's not okay it actually just is an old guy with a worse first it's so <laughs> you should definitely read year two because it is a fun, well-written Batman book, but it is probably not as good as this. And Reaper is definitely a poor man's phantasm to help sell the way that it kind of was in year two. The voice actor that voices her father voices, is the voice of the phantasm. That might be part of what is hitting me up for those who were paying enough attention to voices. It was supposed to like, help sell that it wasn't her and it was him the entire time. This book gives, this movie gives a Joker origin story too. Like that for whatever reason, they loved giving Joker origin stories in the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Like I like the Joker involvement and his little fake out and getting the phantasm is really neat. I don't really need another Joker origin story. Yeah. It's kind of the weirdest, weakest part of this for me. I mean, it's not wildly important. It kind of is fun of like, oh shit, he was a mob enforcer. And credit to them, we never learned shit about it. We just know that at one point before he became the Joker, Joker worked for the mob. He was part of a very specific crew. Mm -hmm. And that ties into this plot. That's all you know. And Which I'm I'm okay with knowing little bits like that about the Joker. I, I is don't mind. kind of more fun. Yeah. Well, and I'm not fucking married to um, 
that fucking other Batman book that everyone's obsessed with. Uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns? No, no. It's the Alan Moore one. Brian Boland, Alan Moore. Uh, um, uh, um, Killing Joke. Yeah. I'm not married to that story either of the Joker's origin story of failed comedian, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's fine if he's a mob guy. It also kind of ties into the Batman 89. Yeah. Which was pretty... It was a heavy influence on Batman, the animated series, even if it wasn't a like 100% influence. Right. It, I mean, it absolutely is an influence though. Mm -hmm. How many, I know this joke has been made. How many abandoned theme parks exist in Gotham? All of them. The answer is all abandoned theme parks. I think Harley Quinn did a pretty good thing about stuff like that, but like, it's just, Jesus Christ, Bruce, you have so much money. Even just fix up the theme parks and make money off them. That's fine. I, it is kind of fun. I mean, they don't hide it. It's kind of on the nose. But I love that, like, the fair of the future. You see the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're. It's, it's like, not just Bruce, on the nose. Here's Bruce your bought that fucking Batmobile. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, uh, what I do love is it's painted red in that. The first time Batman has a car, I think it's called a Batmobile, but before it's the Batmobile, it's he red. drives a red car. It's just a normal looking fucking car. Um, it's design. It's implied that the original Batmobile was, at least in some of the older stories, was designed by Robin, which is part of the reason why they look so goofy. Because they're fucking. Mm. I mean, we talked about it in an episode of Word Balloons. In those original stories, an eight year old fucking kid was designing Batmobile stuff and Batman's like, sure, buddy. It's like the Homer car. <laughs> right. <laughs> it makes more sense. So much more sense now. Uh, <laughs> One thing I like about Kevin Conroy, just the thought of this. So the fat, angry police detective that's helping try and take down the Batman. That is uh, Harvey Bullock. Mm-hmm. Just in case you know, that's the role that Kevin Conroy originally auditioned for before the casting director, who was a friend of his, was like, why don't you try for Batman? Yeah. And then apparently just immediately got it. Like they heard his version. They're like, all right. Technically, we have to listen to the other people we have signed up. But um, yeah. Oof. Don't, don't he, care for that. I mean, I'm sure he, he would have been fine, but like. No one else could have done the role and made this series the landmark that it is for every millennial who cares remotely about Batman. Speaking of Batman, I hate to get off of Batman again for just a second, no, but no, no, one no. of the things when rewatching this, it made me wish for was that uh, Bruce Tim, yeah, and Paul Dini mm-hmm. would work together with Matt Wagner. Oh, my God. To give us an animated Grendel. Oh, my God. Because that's probably the best version of Grendel you could ask for. Well, in this style, I mean, because this is a heavily inspired by the old Flesher Superman cartoons, like the designs they were using for Gotham City. They just took a lot of those old school mm-hmm. animated. Ooh, it's art. Yeah, it's already kind of Art Deco Gotham. Gotham is just built to be art deco. Like there's so many different ways you can do it. Gothic Gotham, fucking neon Gotham from like Batman forever, but it should be art deco. And then you can do shit from there. It should be art deco (sighs) with 500 foot statues. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
Why? Who fucking knows? We just thought it would look cool, and we're not wrong. Just men, mostly naked men holding up buildings. <laughs> I will say, bringing back to this for just a moment. Okay, so the woman or the the woman who voices Andrea Belmont also voices Lois Lane. Yes, in Superman the Animated Series. And it's never bothered me before, but I was so fucking distracted by it this whole time. I mean, again, she did a good job. I just kept hearing Lois Lane. I was so I was weirdly distracted by. So this was supposed to finish the series. Was it? Yes. I didn't know that. And so there's a very specific shot that they use or a series of shots, a, a little sequence with the helicopter chase that is a throwback to the first episode. Okay. So it's a neat bookend. Is that first episode Heart of Ice? No, the first episode is the one with Man Bat. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I so can't good. remember the name of yeah, it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And I recognize, I was like, oh, shit, this That's is the from- bookend. And then I'm like, but it's not a bookend because this continues. For years and years <laughs> and years. I mean, Justice League Unlimited was in the early well, I say, 2000s. I also had the uncomfortable realization that this movie ends simply, but kind of beautifully, but, and like everything's open, but kind of wrapped up. And then I remember that Justice League Unlimited did in fact tell us the fallout of this and the fact that Oh no, Joker's not blown up. He got away and killed countless more people. And Andrea Beaumont became just kind of a an assassin merc- for fucking Amanda Waller. Yeah. <laughs> that said, like, I don't feel like that takes a- the way that this movie was ended. Sure. If it had been the finale, if it had been how they tied everything up, it would have been perfect. I don't feel like it loses too much by continuing the story though. No, I, it's just weird noticing those things and being like, but it then it continued. It's weird as the Phantasm actually was introduced to comics, I think, last year or the year before in the Tom King wrap up of Batman and Catwoman. Oh, shit. OK, I have no idea. I've not read that series. I just know there's a really cool cover with the Phantasm, Phantasm. and it's the Phantasm, not the Reaper. Mm hmm. Uh, Phantasm's a pretty fucking slick design. I was really mad when she took off the hood and stuff. Not because it was Andrew Beaumont cool. That was fine. Whatever. It's just, she looks so much cooler as the Phantasm <laughs> though. Uh, as I said, they, they accidentally spoiled that that was Phantasm because they released the toy and you could take off the Phantasm the stuff and just have her in a look. Yo, toys always spoil. <laughs> toys always spoil. If you want to know the spoilers for a genre movie, just pay attention to the toilet. Part levels. of the reason when they're like, new design was revealed in Lego set. I'm like, not clicking that. Um, it's why the the Grogu reveal was such an actual reveal. It's because they hadn't they given didn't. the design to the toy makers yet. Which is why it took so long to get official Grogu shit. It's what you should do. Yeah. But that's not Batman. <laughs> okay, so... After this season, because technically what we think of as Batman, the animated series is actually like four different series. Cause it's Batman, the animated series, uh, um, Batman and Robin. 
It wasn't just named Batman and Robin. The new adventures of Batman and Robin. And I want to say there were some others as well. New Batman adventures. Mm hmm. Batman, the animated series, new, uh, the new Batman adventures. Or no, really wish I had looked this up more closely. Wow. He was in a lot of stuff even before this, uh, Batman, the animated series, the new Batman adventure, Batman beyond. I thought there was a new adventures of Batman and Robin, but I could be wrong. So I think the animated series at one point was aired under the, the name, the adventures of Batman and Robin. Okay. But between these, between uh, Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures, they updated the Batman design. Partially because they were going off of when they released Superman the Animated Series, it was all in the same universe, but they had updated their animation designs a little bit for that. And they just updated Batman to kind of match that style a little closer. Mm. Do you have a, do you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a preference between this Batman and the later Batman look? He's a little less round. He's a little kind of pointier, a little more stylized in that respect. Uh, And it loses some of the, like, he loses the Batman yellow circle and gets the classic Batman just on his chest. I, I don't know if I, I'm. I'd have to think about that one. Because I have strong opinions and other people have no opinions or exact opposite opinions of me. I love the later look. This one is fine. It's good. I mean, it's still Bruce Tim art. I just thought the later one was so much better. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd have to take a long, hard look at them side by side for mm-hmm. a bit and figure it out. I did. I like them both as when I, oh, I yeah, just flipped, again, I just both flipped looking bo- I just, both between both of them. And I was like, I can't fucking decide. They're good looks either way. I'd rather Batman look either of these ways than a bunch of other ways. So I'm so mad that it, they uh, dropped the new Bruce, Tim Batman show that HBO max was supposed to be releasing. What the fuck were you? I mean, I know they were just chopping everything to try to make up money, but man. I mean, that one, that one that. might still see the light of day. Because uh, the way their contract is structured, they can shop it out. Mm-hmm. And I hope it will. But like, oh, come on, man. Just fucking. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the weird thing with Sandman. Even, I mean, it did eventually get renewed for a second season by Netflix, but even if it hadn't, they Neil can actually it shop yeah. it around. Yeah. Surprisingly, the new Superman animated series wasn't axed to the same way. Mm. Like, that might still be coming out. DC seems pretty determined of, like, we own Superman, the most iconic superhero of all time. We can argue who the best superhero is. I realize Batman is more popular. But I mean, Superman is Superman. It's like Superman. it, it, you know, like him or hate him. He's Superman. <laughs> he's still Superman. <laughs> and recognizing that, oh shit, maybe we should just like take advantage of that. I know we've both talked about how much we love what Gunn has been doing. How do you see Superman coming out from under Gunn? I have no idea yet. We know he can do the heart because we've seen Guardians. Mm hmm. And but even he, bits of Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Like, yeah. But he does tend to be edgier than what I think of for a soups. Now, is he going to direct the movie? From or? what I understand, he's working on the script. Okay. 
I mean, I'd be willing to let him direct it, too. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. You see, the thing is, I think Superman needs a little bit of edge, and we keep rubbing those edges off in ways that he doesn't necessarily deserve. It's so easy when we think of Superman to think of, you know, old school, like, Silver Age Superman with a smile, secretly being a giant douchebag to people if you ever actually look at those stories and, like, any sort of logical sense, that Superman is a monster. Yeah. That Superman is like fucking gaslighting people left and right. Or we think of like, oh, fucking Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, the one that was when we were oh, kids yeah. that was out, which actually really like that series, even if that actor is a complete asshole. Yeah. Dean Cain's a fucking douchewad, but <laughs> that series... Pretty good. But he was so fucking... And Terry Hatcher. I like Terry Hatcher. God, she's beautiful. <laughs> there was a picture of Terry... She did a photo spread where it was her naked, except for the Superman cape mm. that was suggestively planted. Damn, son. Not to keep just talking about every actress we've talked about on this episode is just like, they're so hot, but both of the ones that we've talked about are so <laughs> fucking hot. Um, Fair. Uh... But, like, even in that one, he was, like, such a good Boy Scout that it was a fucking plot line that he hadn't gotten laid till his wedding night. It was a plot line. And then they had sex on the ceiling, and I could never figure out how that worked. But, you know, like, I don't I've... think Superman needs to be that much of a Boy Scout. Right. You can have some edge. In my opinion, the best Superman... He should be more of, like... A very kind-hearted, well-meaning country boy. Radical kindness. But radical is part of it. Whatever issues you have with Man of Steel, and I've got plenty, even if, okay, yes, fucking what's his name? The Witcher. Uh, actor. Oh, Cavill. Cavill. Henry Cavill. God damn it. Uh, even, you know, Henry Cavill, great Superman. He really did do a very good job, despite my negative opinions of pretty much every movie he was in as Superman. But whatever you think of Man of Steel, it has one of the greatest live-action Superman moments of all time, in my opinion. And it's the one where he, it's at the end of Man of Steel, and he just fucking drops the drone that they're, like, trying to spy on Superman with in front of the general being like, hey, this was following me. Stop it. <laughs> the guy's, he goes, General, I'm here to help, but I'm going to do it on my terms and took off. That's the Superman I want. I want a Superman with a little bit of an edge. I want a Superman that will stand up to oppression, even if it's from the government. I don't need him to be a fucking grim, dark, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't need evil Superman. I don't need black suit Superman. Yes, it looked good. That's fine. But like, I want the color. I want the farm boy charm but I want a Superman that's a little bit rebellious. That's a little bit, I don't even know if dangerous is the right term, but like, you know, a little bit radical. Mm -hmm. I feel like Gunn could give us a supremely interesting version of a Superman for all seasons. Oh, Jesus Christ. That would be good. Superman for all seasons. Uh, um, Superman birthright would be a great one. I mean, I don't think he's going to adapt a comic no, book and I don't, I don't so want either. him to, I don't think so but, either, but I'm just like with how he uses ensembles and stuff, all those different characters looking at that character. 
Mm-hmm. I think he could do it That'd really well. That'd be such well. a good one. All seasons would be better as a short TV show, mm-hmm. but... Also, side note, I know, again, we're not doing recommendations. If you've never read Superman for All Seasons by uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, it's so fucking good. Um, Batman. Batman. I knew we were going to talk about everything else. Because it's sad. We lost Batman. <laughs> no, and here's, a, I know, once again, not to try to take the photo. Fo- we're doing this because of Kevin Conroy. But it's also partially because we both agree that, like, he's Batman. Mm-hmm. Who's your second favorite animated Batman or Batman voice, I guess. And I'm going to even count like live action. If you just like their Batman voice. I mean, I can't say Will Friedel because he's Terry. He's not playing Bruce, so it doesn't count, but he does such a, I love Batman beyond so much. Um, Keaton's Batman is extremely forgettable. Kilmer is fun, but he's not iconic in the role. Dietrich Bader. Same. I was hoping, <laughs> yeah. And we've seen that he can do, I mean, he's only done comedic Batman, but he's done such wildly different comedic Batman. And I think he could do a very serious one if he wanted to. Yes. But. He's just not being given that material. That said, uh, who played Batman in Young Justice? He's done a couple of things. He was also in Under the Red Hood. Bruce Greenwood. Mm. He played Pike in the newer Star Trek movies. The, like, Chris Pine ones. Bruce Greenwood plays an extremely good Batman. Yes. Yes, he does. I think Diedrich Baker has a... Bader, sorry. Has a bit more range. He... Even though, as I said, he just has played comedic Batman, but, like... Kevin Conroy is Batman. Diedrich Bader does jokes as Batman better than Conroy. Yes, because Batman is funny. That, Batman makes a lot of jokes. That said, okay, have you watched much Batman Beyond? Have you ever seen the clip? Yeah, I've seen. I've I've actually seen most of it, but um, it's been a while. Have you ever seen? There's this just absolutely incredible episode that starts. It's Bruce Wayne's birthday, and Terry takes him to a musical about Batman. Ooh, and fucking Kevin Conroy sings a song as the guy on, uh, playing Batman on this going. Uh, and it's this a superstitious cowardly lot. They crime and cream and always get caught. And it's fucking like he gets to yes. play both him being old man Bruce Wayne just sickened that someone would make a fucking Batman musical. But then he also, because he is a theater, he was a theater actor first. Right. Gets to do actual musical of Batman, like Batman on ice shit. Also, the fact that Batman on Ice exists continues to just confuse me. I don't know how... It, I'm not even knocking it, but anything on Ice, I don't know what to, like... Because they've done a bunch of Disney movies on Ice. I'm sure it's cool. I don't know what to do with this exists. Like, <laughs> this... Um, I was gonna... The other Batman-related thing that I love with Conroy, and it ties into the Diedrich Bader is one of the better episodes of Brave and the Bold is uh, Chill of the Night, which is kind of the Batman origin story <laughs> uh, with the, like the Joe Chill of it. Well, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the story where he hunts down Joe Chill and like it goes into the origin. And I think it's the only episode of the series where you see Bruce, Bruce 
Bruce. Yeah, because that series Raven, was really uninterested mm-hmm. in uh, secret identities. Uh, Conroy plays the Phantom Stranger in that. Oh, really? Doesn't he play like Batman of Zur and R as yes, well at does. one point? Like, I was going to say, there's one other time, though. The the Batman of Zur and R, that's, that's a fun episode. Chill of the Night is actually like a legitimately really good mm-hmm. episode as well. And it's like Phantom Stranger and the Spectre oh, Jesus. are kind of like the like good and evil ghosts of Christmas. Go- past. Well, not even ghosts of Christmas past, but just like observing the situation and commenting on it and the way that this could change Bruce and change Batman and stuff oh, as he hunts down Joe chill and decides what to do with him. <sighs> That's heavy. That's really heavy for a kid's cartoon. And I mean, that one's even more of a kid's cartoon than yeah. Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Have you ever seen, oh God, it's a Venture Brothers episode where one of them is recruited to be a new sidekick to a, like a Batman like character. And the running joke is this guy keeps getting uh, his Robins killed. Oh God. <laughs> and if I remember, I'm trying to look this up, right? Cause oh God, another thing that I thought of, I haven't thought of this episode in years, but I'm pretty sure they got Kevin Conroy to play the Batman analog. Wait, so here's the fun. So it's, Phantom Stranger and the Spectre make a bet about for Bruce's soul based on how, what he does with the information that Joe Chill was the one that killed his parents. Kevin Conroy played Phantom Stranger. Mark Hamill was the Spectre. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's stunt casting, but that's really... Especially because those two both have range as actors. It's a really good episode. <laughs> it is fun on Justice League Unlimited because, you know, they have limited budget for voice actors. So a lot of the background characters will be voiced still by like Kevin Conroy or mm-hmm. any of the other actors whose names I'm blanking. And every so once in a while, technically like, Kevin Conroy Kevin. plays like 10 people on that. God, he was also on Justice League Action, which I've never actually seen. He played Captain Sunshine in the Venture Brothers. That's what I was thinking of. Nice. And he recruits, I think, Dean, one of the venture kids, to be the new Wonder Boy. And it goes, well, it goes better than it went for all the other Wonder Boys, but. Oh, fuck. Sorry. I just looked up the rest of the voice cast of that episode. Mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne. Want to take a guess? If you're going to stunt cast this entire episode, you have Phantom Strangers, Kevin Conroy. You have Spectre's Mark Hamill. Adam West. Yes. Adam West is in fucking animated series. He's uh, he plays the Gray Ghost, which is a, a yeah old um, show. Martha Wayne, Julie Newmar. Yes, holy shit! <laughs> I almost said Eartha Kit, but I'm like, nah. But God, that's a I'm gonna have to go watch this fucking episode. It's so good. <laughs> there's there's two episodes of Batman Batman Brave and the Bold that I would recommend to anybody because mm-hmm. they're good. Chill of the Night, that one. And uh, Might Fall, which is the very last episode. Where he's desperate to turn it into a super dark... No, well, yes, but uh, Batmite is intentionally trying to make the show jump the shark so that it gets canceled because he's tired of Happy Batman. <laughs> oh, God. Did you ever watch Beware the Batman? It came, It was the series that came out after Brave and the Bold. It was. I watched uh, like the first half of the first season. The animation style is okay at best, but the series itself is pretty fun, particularly because it uses 
lesser known Batman villains. That said, they had to work really hard to make Professor Pig something they could remotely use on a kid's cartoon as opposed to the fucking Jack Unterweger or, uh, God, I've been listening to true crime podcasts again. Sorry. Uh, uh, Dahmer or any of those fucking asshole serial killers that that he's much much closer to. Oh, Pig is Pig is one of the scariest Batman villains, which is weird to say. Oh, I just had an idea for a mini series where Pig and Zaz team up. Copyright us. <laughs> we have to get famous and at least get paid to do podcasting so we can start making these. Um, I still don't think it's as good as our. Adam Strange versus Hugo Strange storyline that we came up with, but uh, Pig with Zaz as his like Bagman. You're right. That's great. Um, I'm not sure if I have too much. No, nope, I this, think though. it's time for us to go on our way. Um, next time is something we're not even sure when we're recording. Next time, we promise. Even if we do miss a week or an episode, we'll be back. We've been doing this for now 101 episodes. We got so many more to do. So, uh, thank you, as always. In the meantime, we're your Generals of Nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed! Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends, we always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.